Hey, what's up? Hello. Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a bi demisexual girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, being bi and demisexual? Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but but okay. okay. Welcome back to the pod. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to another late night recording. We'll get into why this didn't happen 45 minutes ago in the beef and juice section. I'm so sleepy. So let's let's get moving and grooving. Kayla, what are we talking about this week? This week, by popular demand... And by that, I mean a couple people noted my changed intro and were like, are we just not going to acknowledge this? <laughs> um, we're talking about the concept of being a bi and a spec through... Invisible in two different ways. In two directions. Yeah, because as you may have noticed, my uh, intro has changed for... <laughs> This is my fourth change. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize that. No, your third change, your fourth intro. Yes, this is my fourth different way I've introed myself on the podcast. Mine's never changed. (laughs) Must be fucking nice, dude. Um, Yeehaw. Kayla, you are running this week because it's your thing. I know. Um, Tell me more, tell me more. So for those of you who are not, uh, you have not listened to the entire uh, discography. Bless your soul. Us. That's probably the way it should be. Yeah, that's probably. Someone t- commented on our TikTok the other day and was like, I just I listened to episode one. And I was like, why? Why would you do that? Um, why anyway. would you start with episode one? It's yeah. not a serialized podcast. You can start wherever it, you want. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> Well, except for someone who was listening to it in order and then jumped to last week's episode and was like, when did Kayla change her intro? I I had a friend who was trying to listen from the beginning, but it was taking her so long that she just gave up. And now that's, she listens to them as they come out. That's fair. There's a lot of So she won't know. Hey, hey, you know who you are. You won't know all of the things I said to you in the intervening episodes. Wow, that's You'll have that's to find sad. out. That's sad. I do address her several times. She'll never know. <laughs> She'll never know. She'll never know. Anyway. Anyway, bye Demi. Demi, bye. Yes. When we originally started the podcast, uh, I was identifying as, I was, my intro was like, and me a straight girl. And then it was, <laughs> and, me a Demi, and me a Demi straight girl. And then I think, uh, I never acknowledged it, but people noticed that over the summer, fall mark, maybe last summer or fall, I dropped the straight part and was just like, "And me a demisexual girl." And then we came back from break, and I said, "Bye." Um, I'm trying to remember if I ever acknowledged it. I don't think it matters for the purposes of this podcast. It doesn't. I'm just trying to remember. You want to go to bed. I and do. I want to eat dinner. Yeah, we have to do this. So we both have reasons 
to not get stuck talking about stupid shit. Let's keep going. <laughs> the energy of this one is going to be bad. Um. Anyway, yes, I started, uh, I think as many of us did during quarantine, uh, just so much more introspection, so much more uh, watching of TikTok, and so much more just, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Are we sure I'm straight? But it took me, I think, like, I don't know. I I had a lot of the same struggles I did as when I was trying to come to terms with my uh, deminess. In mm-hmm. uh, I just was like, I don't feel like figuring this out, and I don't feel like thinking about it. Um, read more about this in our upcoming book, <laughs> um, okay. where there's like a whole chapter <laughs> about it. Um, but I think it was especially hard trying to figure out if like if my romantic orientation was anything other than straight while being demisexual because Mm -hmm. it was kind of like well how am I supposed to know because from what I understand of like how an queer person would go about things is like it just seems easier to me like and maybe well the way I understand it is for for most people who experience both traditional romantic and sexual attraction it's not like they're like oh yeah the sexual attraction is very obviously first like it's <laughs> like true it, yeah, they they kind of, yeah they don't have to parse apart the romantic and the sexual that's fair right and so and and because romance and romantic attraction is a little bit harder to quantify than sexual attraction if you're only experiencing one of them it can or at least one of them until you reach certain circumstances, like it can be harder to figure out what it is that you're experiencing, which I mean, that's that's true of of anyone who is on the arrow spectrum as well. True. Yeah. But yeah, because I, I mean, like growing up as a woman, it's, it, you know, it was never a second thought to me that I was like attracted to men because that's like assumed to be the default. So it was mm-hmm. never whether I was like sexually attracted to them or not, it was never a second question of, because I was, I was raised to be like, okay, here's what it feels like to be friends with a guy. And here's what it feels like to like have a crush on a guy. Like I just Mm -hmm. grew up kind of figuring that out because it was like what was supposed to happen. Um, Yeah. And because I'm not a romantic, I guess, because I'm like, I can't imagine you were having that, like you figured that out the same way. Yeah. I mean, I just had a very different experience because I'm just like, I don't have any of it. Ha ha ha. Um, You have double. I have less. (laughs) So I make up for your part. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm a good example of like sexuality being fluid because I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of... um, like aloe queer people will look back and be like, oh yeah, like I definitely had a crush on this girl in like middle school or like yeah. this character. I like don't think I, I don't know that I've always been bi. Like I feel like in the same way that like a lot of A-spec people realize that gender doesn't matter as them to, much, to them as much when they learn more about like the queer community and just how things work. Yeah. I feel like the more ingrained I've become in the queer community, the more I've been like, I don't know that I really care about like the like gender in terms of like who I'm attracted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been interesting to me because recently a tweet has been going around in the circles of BTS Stan Twitter that I operate on 
um, which was like, when did you know that you were queer? And because um, I, because all of ARMY is gay as fuck, um, <laughs> most of my mutuals <laughs> are queer. Should be. Um, and it's been really interesting reading the different responses. Like there was one person that was like, I knew I had a crush on a girl when I was six. And then there was another person who was like, you know, I was in denial for a long time. I didn't really realize that I was attracted to women until I was 24. And I didn't even realize, like, I didn't come to terms with my non-binariness until I was 30. And, like, it's just, like, <sighs> shit's wild out there. I don't really know what the point of this was other than to... it. But it's different for aspect people. And we talk about this in the book as well. Yeah. Um, that... It is so much more internal. Like, you can't yeah. just, like, as an ace person, you can't look at someone and say, oh, I'm attracted, like, as a woman, I'm attracted to a woman. Hmm, strange. Like, as an ace person, you have to be like, that's interesting. I'm not attracted to anyone. <laughs> like, yeah, what's going on here? Um, Which is why, for me, like, I didn't realize I was ace until I was older, re- relatively speaking, like, 18, not because I had some big revelation then, but because I was like, huh, still hasn't happened yet. Interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for me, I almost feel like it's a similar thing. It was like a slow, it, was, it wasn't It was like, mm-hmm. there was like, a woman. It was just kind of the slow realization of like, I just like don't know that my attraction cares anymore. Yeah, Kayla, who was your gay awakening? I bet it was Myself. me. It was myself. But that's the other thing, too, is, like, I'm in a long-term relationship, right? So it's Mm -hmm. not, like – and, like, I've seen other people talk about this, like, on TikTok, I feel like, of, like, being in a a long-term relationship with a man and, like, then trying to figure out if you're bi. Because it's, like, what am I going to do about it? It's not like I am going to – It's not like you're going to change your actions. Right, exactly. I mean, if I was in, like, an open relationship, that would be one thing. But, like, in a monogamous relationship, it's not like you're going to, like, go out and, like, oh, I'm at a bar and all of a sudden I'm, like, hooking up with a girl. And then I'm like, oh, interesting. (laughs) So it's just, like, that added layer of, first of all, I'm in a long-term relationship. So I'm I'm not, like, trying to go out and experiment. Like, that's not something I'm interested in. Well, and that mirrors your your experience with first questioning your demisexuality because you were like, I'm in a committed relationship. It doesn't matter at this point. True. And to be honest, I do think that that is probably the conclusion I would have come to with being biromantic if it were not for the book. Because Mm. in writing the book there's like a specific part in it where we're like yeah Sarah is Arrow Ace and Kayla is in the original writing we said Kayla is you know straight and demisexual Mm -hmm. and the longer it went just like the more uncomfortable that made me which is also why the intro changed just to take out straight at first because I was like my first step to it was that like I wasn't quite ready to say I was biromantic because I was feeling like a lot of imposter syndrome about it. I was like having a lot of questions to which then my like our friend Perry, who is bi, was like, Kayla, straight people don't ask these questions. Um, (laughs) But 
the longer it went, the longer I was like, I don't want it to be wrong in something that we publish. Like, I don't want to look back on this years from now and have this published piece of work, like, be wrong about me. Well, Um, not necessarily be wrong, but not represent your truth at the time of publication. Right. Because as I said, like there, I think there was a time in my life where I was truly straight. And I don't know, I feel like people are going to be mad that I'm saying that. But also like sexuality is fluid and like... I mean, can't even straight up change. So I don't know. Even straight up, huh? Even I have trouble with that sometimes. Where people will be like, "I believe I was this, and now I'm not." Like the my gut feeling is to be like, "Well, that's not how it works." But like, nah, fuck that shit. Who cares how it works? It works however it works. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't know how it works, but all I can say to you is that, like, for the first like many years of my life, I did not experience that like way of viewing like women i guess yeah like i did not view like women as like a romantic or sexual option like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't know yeah that's all i can tell you i don't know how it works but that's all i could say about my experience um nobody knows how it works is the thing people will pretend they don't come from you please don't come for me it's just what please, i'm saying also about please my don't experience. come for me either what have i what did i do don't come for come for sarah but not for me no what was i saying i don't know i don't know anyway women hot yeah true <laughs> i forgot so now we're just going to change gears but the reason i wanted to talk about this on an episode is because i feel like there is such like a particular difficulty with figuring out if your romantic orientation is anything other than straight while also being a spec mm-hmm. because it's like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Like even if I was not in a committed relationship, how, when being demisexual, like you don't have that instant understanding of attraction the same way an aloe person does. So yeah. it just makes that whole questioning process like so much different and so much more difficult in a way that like I think it would be different if you knew you were like bi first and then realized you were demi you know like there's something particularly difficult about like that order going the other way yeah yeah I mean that's that's just the a spec experience where it's like other people are saying that they experience this and so should you and you're like am i am i not like there's literally no way to know for sure right like you can't you can't be in someone else's shoes and know exactly what they're feeling or experiencing so you know the 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 questioning experience for anyone who's a spec in any way whether that's aerospec ace spec you know it's like at the end of the day, it's just you making a decision about yourself. And that's true of other identities, of course, too. Like, at the end of the day, you're the one who decides whether you're bi or you're pan. You're the one who decides whether you're straight or, you know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. it's, there There are less distinct lines of evidence of, like, this makes you gay. This makes you bi. Like, with with a spec identities it's like "Mm." (laughs) yeah i feel like it makes me appreciate even more like the way that a spec people especially like i know like anyone can have difficulty differentiating between friendship and romance but i think that's like particularly prominent in a spec spaces Mm 
Mm-hmm. But it makes me understand that even more because like, and I feel like I see women, bi women, lesbian women, whatever, talk about all that all the time is like, how do I know if a girl is like flirting with me or trying to be my friend, whatever. I feel like mm-hmm. I understand that even more because like I said like growing up being what's it called socialized like being socialized as like you are going to grow up and like date and be attracted to men like I feel Mm -hmm. like you are kind of taught how to tell like when a guy is flirting with you taught how to tell like what's a friend and what's whatever yeah and like for me I've never even had that many guy friends in my life like most of my friends growing up have been women and then it makes it even more difficult because I don't know, all women are you're nice, not, so it's like you're not trained to look for that. Exactly. Like yeah. it, because because it's not seen as a as a viable or expected option, you're not trained to look for it. And you know, women interact with women differently than they interact with men. Mm-hmm. Women interact with non-binary people differently than they interact with men, and. <sighs> you you kind of you you code switch right when you're when you're like interacting with 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 a woman and it's like it's it's a lot more of like a i get you situation where it's like we're in the same boat we've experienced some of this same shit like even if obviously you've had you know there can be many things in your experience that are very different but like you know there's a whole like woman to woman thing like yeah i I mean there's like the women's bathroom at a bar you know exactly exactly and so if you are programmed to view that as just women being friendly then maybe someone could have been flirting with you for five years running and you had no fucking clue yeah because you just you 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 weren't prepared to think about it that way whereas if it were a guy you would be like oh my god this guy's hitting on me so hard you know what i mean Mm -hmm. well because that's the thing is like i in kind of like questioning i tried to like put myself in the mental scenario of like okay say like Dean and I broke up would like dating women like be an option on the table for me like Mm. when I started dating again or whatever and Mm. in my mind I was thinking to myself though I was like how does that work though because by definition demisexuality is like you know you do not have sexual attraction to the person until you're emotionally bonded and I was thinking to myself I'm emotionally bonded with so many women so Mm, like what is it that makes it different And that's the interesting thing about like, and I could say that about the men in my life too, right? Like there are men in my life who I am emotionally bonded to that I am not attracted to. And it's like this weird nuance of it being like emotionally bonded, but like in a romantic way or like in a more like committed way, not just in a friendship way. Mm -hmm. But I feel like for me, again, because I was raised to be like told to be attracted to men, I was more used to that switch happening. So in my mind, when I was thinking like, okay, what would happen, you know, if like in this imaginary scenario where I was like trying to date women or whatever, I was like, how would I even know? Like I would have to go into the situation being like, okay, this is not a girl to be friends with. This is a girl to try to date. But that's like not how I go into every situation with a man. It's very bizarre. Women are taught to be on guard with men Mm -hmm. in terms of them being sexually and romantically interested in you and that's true you kind of are taught to expect like 
going into a situation with a man, even if it's mm-hmm. friendly, it could always, they could always want to turn it mm-hmm. into something more. The opportunity, Absolutely. like the, the threat of romance and the, sex the, is always, is always there. there. But that, yeah. you're right, that isn't there with women because that's not what we're like raised to exactly. expect. So it's, you know, also just because men are supposed to pursue women or whatever, yeah. like it's, if it's two women or if it's, you know, non-binary but like if it's if it's a non-traditional pairing it's it's a little bit less clear like who's supposed to go after who so Mm. like it would be let like you could thinking like okay like they're hitting on you but actually you just think they're being friendly because you don't consider that they would be hitting on you because you're not taught to be on guard with them because you don't expect them to be flirting with you because of Mm. uh heteronormativity true yeah it's just i don't know it's made me think a lot of thoughts about like how demisexuality works as well because it's like Mm -hmm. i am not there are some demisexual people it's a spectrum you know as the things are like there are some people who i know that are like i have to be friends with someone for like two years before that attraction ever forms Mm -hmm. and for me like that was never the case like i have had boyfriends in the past who i like met on a dating app and like they were a proper stranger and then the emotional bond formed and then it was but like it didn't take like years or anything like other demisexual folks i Um, just had the best idea for an a-spec rom-com give it to me right now demisexual person Mm -hmm. they have a really good friend who's like unrequitedly in love with them and has been Mm -hmm. for so long Mm-hmm. demisexual person just is the kind of person who they need to have known someone for a really long time before they start feeling that connection and so the one person is like you know I've accepted I've accepted that like this is just our relationship and it's just going to be platonic and that's okay and then they start dating someone else oh, Jesus I'm just <laughs> and and then you know they're like I'm gonna move on with my life, but no, you're right. That ad- that that adds more conflict if they start doing. You have else. to have the whatever act conflict in every oh, yeah, rom com. They need get the so angst. close, and then and they're then not. There's a time for fighting. They start dating someone else, and then around and then the demisexual that time person is like, "Why am I so jealous?" Is when the demisexual person starts to realize that they have, in fact, um, this God, would be so even better if they were demi romantic. Mm, both yeah both they they i think they should be both um demi across the board and then they're like wait oh no and then now they're dating this person yeah and then the other person is like you know what do i i have a chance with you but i'm dating this person and and then they break up with that person and then they get together and they live happily ever after and they adopt a bunch of dogs this is an excellent story. There's a train that's cheering calling, for you. I'm calling dibs on it because that's how okay. copyright works. Yeah, no one writes That's that. how intellectual or, property works. I mean, it doesn't it? Kind of? Like, uh, we have this yeah. on record. If anyone made this movie, we could go to a lawyer and point back to this and be like, mm, sus? Mm, a little sus, though. Anyway, no one steals Sarah's movie. It's really good. I've never, um, I've never written, like, a 
Rome like intentionally written like a romance a plot outside of the context of fan fiction uh yeah i wonder what that would be like you should give it a try i would like to see it someone inspired um, by ellis oseman went on twitter i think it was was like yeah most of the smut in fanfic nowadays is written by ace people and i was like yeah good to know i love that i know of a lot of people who discovered they were a spec because of fan fiction yes uh which is a really interesting thing someone emailed us recently that they wrote their college essay about the intersection of fanfic like fandom and asexuality because that's how they learned they were ace through fandom did they send us this essay i don't know i want to read it i don't know if they would send me your academic works they also sent it a long time ago and i like just answered the other day so i don't know i'll peer review them i'm your peer and i will review that is not how peer review works but okay <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, where were we? Anyway. Where have we been? What? Where, where were did you we? come from? Where did you go? Where have where we you come been? from? Cotton Eye Joe, a song about STDs. You know, this is off topic, but um, up until recently, there were a, a number of um, of billboards in LA, one right by my Chipotle, that it, it was for like free STD testing. Free STDs? <laughs> Free SC- well, it was for free STD testing, and the approach they decided to make was to show a person rolling dice and then just write, sexually risky? Question mark? Did you send me a picture of this? Probably. This seems incredibly familiar. There were just, there were like, mul- it wasn't just one. Like, I saw them multiple different places, and I was like, what, what, who, who, which PR person said this is the public health approach to take. I guarantee the person is like 50 years old. They recently changed them so that now it um, is a condom and it says something else. Good. Anyway, I just have some questions about like the public health communications PR approach to sexually risky with dice rolling. Was there like a company name on the billboard? I I mean it, there was a, a website that it directed you to I think but I don't I don't remember what it was. Well, next time you see it you should look it up cuz I bet we could troll LinkedIn a little bit and find the person who made that billboard. Sexually risky? Like like objectively, yes. Like every it's not like anything about that ad is wrong. It's just weird. <laughs> How would you make it better then? What's your pitch? No dice. Okay. Oh, that's the billboard says no dice. <laughs> ah, no, no dice. dice. <laughs> Dang. I think the dice the dice makes it seem like you're just being like risky, careless. Yeah, Sarah. That's almost like that's a synonym for risky. <laughs> <laughs> There's so something crazy. about the connotation or that that just doesn't it doesn't work with me. I <laughs> It okay. seems like you're looking down upon people who make those choices. When they instead, That's we should be uplifting them and encouraging them to seek these resources. You know what I mean? D- yes. Now I understand we don't, your concern. We don't want them to feel bad about seeking these you resources. You don't like how negative it is. Yes. 
Okay, I understand now. I thought you were like <laughs> mad about how they were making it negative. And I was like, it's clear that they're trying to make it risky. <laughs> anyway, um, do you have anything else to say about your dembiness? No. I don't know. I still don't think I have anything fully figured out. Like, the only conclusion I really came to is that, like, it didn't feel right to call myself straight anymore. Mm -hmm. But then I also had the thing of, like, what if I'm just faking it because I want to, like, fit in with queer people? And then our friend Perry was like, straight people don't say that. (laughs) I have a question for you, which may mm. trigger uh, a um, crisis. I don't know. Okay. Um, it might be right. too early. Who knows? Um, as a newly minted bi person, what are your thoughts on how you relate to the word bi versus pan? You know, I was thinking about that because I saw a Tim talk about it. Mm-hmm. And because it it was someone that like basically explaining the difference because when I, I feel like years ago when I was first like learning all the terms, what I heard people saying was like, oh, pan is just bi, but you don't care about if someone's trans. But that's if, not right. But if you, but that's not right because that's actually just transphobic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the way that this person on TikTok was explaining it is that as a, by person, you are attracted to two or more genders. Yeah. Um, as a pan person, gender just like literally doesn't matter to you. Like in when when your attraction forms, gender has no part in it. And for me, it's mm. tough because I like again not interested in uh, experimenting right now. But like I don't, I like could see myself being attracted or like attempting to date you know like non-binary people <laughs> or you were like say attempting to be attracted to. attempting to be att- making the effort to be attracted to like non-binary people like people other than just mm-hmm. like men and women mm-hmm. um but to me like at least right now i feel like a lot of my attraction still is rooted in gender it's like oh look at that mm-hmm. girl she's so pretty look at that girl blah 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 she you is know what pretty I mean? because she is a girl right so to me it yeah. still does feel like some of my like that attraction is rooted in gender where from what I understand when you're pan like that is not part of it at all I you know I think I like that definition not that I'm the one who gets to decide what how you define pan but I I think I like that definition better than the one that I had kind of been operating on the one that I had heard was like bi means you're attracted to two or more genders but pan means you're attracted to all genders but so so some people who identify as bi and some people who identify as pan could have the exact same experience in the way that they feel attraction but by that definition obviously it's different for every person who identifies however the fuck they want you the how the way you define it is the way you define it uh I don't fucking care. But for me, conceptualizing it, I think that understanding of it is helpful to me. Of like, yeah, buy is two or more, and pan is fuck that shit. Right, because like, especially when you talk about buy as two or more, then you're like, well, then what's the difference? If pan is all, exactly. buy is two or more, then what if buy? What if someone is buy and all? 
But right. So yeah, it, it did help me like that, that person that said that it did help me to conceptualize like why people would make that distinction. Like what in mm-hmm. a person would be like, okay, this is why I'm calling like I am pan and not bi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, I mean, neither of us are um, qualified to decide on the definitions yeah. or anything, but that is one that I heard and that I found helpful. So, um, and for those reasons, sharks, I am calling myself by. <laughs> <laughs> that does remind me of the Schitt's Creek. Uh, I like the wine, not the label as a descriptor mm. for pan, which I think aligns with that, which is like, yes, the, the label plays no role in whether or not you want to drink the wine. Right. Like a bi person would still read the label. A pan person wouldn't even read the label at all. Yeah. They would be like, take this label off. Take that little guy off. Huh. Fruitful. Fruitful and fruity. (laughs) So true. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I just like, in questioning all this stuff, I very acutely felt the interaction between like figuring out if my romantic attraction was different and being demi and like the weird um just like challenges that came up so yeah i would love to hear if other people have had like similar experiences if they had the same like transgression as me of like realizing your aspect first and then something else transgression like is has- not the word you wanted well i want I, but maybe it is transition who cares um, Trans- that is be- not the word you wanted. <laughs> but I okay, moving on. I feel like it can't be uncommon because like so many aspec people realize they're like non-binary or not cis yeah. after realizing they're aspec because they learn yeah. like the aspec ways of viewing things. So I feel like it yeah. has to be common. And if, if you're trained into thinking that gender matters, and then you're like, wait, wait a minute, no, it doesn't. Actually, I'm pan. <laughs> Who's to say? Who is to say? Um, great. Delightful. Anything else you'd like to add? No? Great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) on this podcast, we silence by demi people. (laughs) Um, not this. (laughs) Not the five by (laughs) phobia. So early. Uh, Kayla, what is your beef and your juice this week? Uh, my beef is that my cat is currently trying to knock things over. Hmm. Um, Are they at least good things? Like, interesting things? Uh, it's like the, um, takeout container that Dean's miso soup came in, so you... Is there still soup in it? No. Maybe some loose chives. I was gonna say, that's a huge contributing factor. If there was still soup, that would be a problem. That would be a problem. Um, I had another beef. Oh, I was missing my like favorite pair of sweatpants um which was difficult because we live in a very small hotel and there's like not Mm. many places it could have gone and I was like blaming Dean because I thought that he had like moved them from where they were hanging up and then they went missing so I was getting all mad at him um and then he just found them neatly folded like on my pile of clothes (laughs) so my beef is that I looked stupid today I uh I think I I think I lost my hairspray in Las Vegas. Mm. I also thought I had might have lost my uh confetti, but don't worry. My friend found it. 
It was in her car. God. Confetti is more important than the hairspray. Well, hairspray can be replaced. Confetti cannot. So true. Um, do you have juice? Did you say juice? My juice is um Orville Peck's album Bronco. Hmm. Incredibly good. You know, when I was a child, I knew someone who there's a Western Michigan University. They're the Broncos. Um, and mm-hmm. I knew someone who thought they were the Barrancos. What is a Barranco? Well, we asked them what a Barranco is. And they were like, I don't know. It's a Barranco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, petition to change the mascot. <laughs> anyway. <A> Barranco. <laughs> My beef. <laughs> I wonder what it is. My beef this week is um, NFTs. Elon Musk. Oh, okay. And Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> the trifecta. <laughs> I think Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl is one of the worst things to have happened to humanity in the past 24 hours. It normally takes me 20 to 30 minutes to get home from work, depending on when I leave. Given the time that I left today, I left early so that I could be home early to do this podcast. Given that, it should have taken maybe 25, 30 minutes. It took me 50 minutes, 5-0, because Dave Chappelle is playing at the Hollywood Bowl. For anyone who is familiar with the Hollywood Bowl, the parking situation is trash. It's garbage. Everyone gets parked in behind everyone, and that's the design. Yeah, that confuses. Like, what if someone wants to stay late and then someone else is... What if there's the an emergency entrance of medical variety? is directly next to the entrance to the freeway. They should fix that. And it sucks because the Hollywood Bowl is like a really cool venue. Um, But so I was like, I was like, why is, why am I fucking sitting here? For so, this is garbage. I kept getting passed by people on scooters and also people on their feet. And then I was passed by a girl on a scooter. And then I saw her coming back the other way, like 10 minutes later. And I was like, girl, she's been going back and forth. And like, I've just been sitting here and she was wearing high heels on an electric scooter. Anyway, I'm LA. Anyway, um, I was like, what's happening? What's happening? What I was. And then I was like, oh, there's something at the Hollywood Bowl. So I looked it up. Dave fucking Chappelle. Who wants to see Dave Chappelle? Probably all the white normies I saw. That would explain why I saw so many white normies going to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I hope no one listening likes Dave Chappelle. He's a transphobe. I know. That's why I, that's another reason to hope they're not listening. <laughs> like, you can think that he made a funny joke once, but that doesn't mean he's a good person. I, you don't have to tell me. Anyway, fuck Dave Chappelle. He made me take almost an hour to get home from work. It took me, like... 35, 40 minutes to go like a mile and a half. I wanted to die. My juice is Heartstopper on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Our Flag Means Death on HBO. Both gay. One I expected, one I did not. And my third juice is free Coca-Cola products. I haven't really gotten any recently, but I'm manifesting. Okay. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what's our poll for this week? You can tell us about your beef or, or your juice on our social media. That's also where we have a poll. What's our poll for this week? Uh, I don't know. Have you watched Heartstopper? <laughs> Is that what you want our poll to be? It's so good. I binged it in one sitting. I know you did. 
fun and gay, minimal angst, Alice Oseman, written by an arrow ace person. What a delight. Alice, I emailed you last week. Email me back, please. It's, I know you're busy. It's okay. I also emailed Alice today. Well, if she answers you, tell me. Okay. I need her to answer me. I for know. professional reasons. I know. What would you like the poll to be? I don't know. <laughs> it's your episode, bestie. Mm. This is why I don't claim episodes. Um, I, I'll, I'll do. I'll come up with one. Cool. You'll get the mystery pool tomorrow be on Instagram. On Instagram. That sounds fake, pod. Um, grand. Uh, so yeah, that's the. Uh, so yeah, you can also support us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash sounds fake. Pod, our $5 patrons who we are promoting this week are Street of Vinakota, Book Marvel, Brandon Smith, Brooke Siegel, and Byron Rusnak. I um I've been enjoying having our friend Asritha on Be Real. Because Yeah, she's always Then doing I can the same see what thing. she's doing. You it's know? Always just reading for law school. Today she was studying at a Starbucks. And she looked like an absolute fucking snack. Anyway. <laughs> Does she even listen to the pod still? I'm not sure. Um, I was on the phone with her the other day, and she said, uh, sometimes. Okay. Well, maybe she'll hear this. <laughs> uh, if, if she only listens sometimes, is she really going to get this deep into an episode? Anyway. Um, Probably not. Our, our $10 patrons who are promoting something this week are David Nurse, who would like to promote um, the London Underground getting a better lost and found system. And also the fact that recently Sarah, me, I saw a tweet about a person saying that when they first moved to New York, like 10 or 12 years ago, um, they were they were getting on a train, they were hurrying on a train, as one does in New York, because it's like, you know, like a city girl, you go, hurry, hurry onto a subway. Um, uh, the doors were closing, that's why they were hurrying. Um, and they dropped their keys in their wallet. Mm. And they were like, shit, because the doors were closing. And they were like, oh no, my keys and my wallet are going to get left at the station. I'm on the train. And some stranger picked up the keys in the wallet and chucked it into the train. Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. threw it. Like, full force. And then that person was able to uh, get into their apartment that night. <laughs> that feels like some New York shit. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what it is? New York shit. Kind, but not nice. Mm. Mm. because that's new york (laughs) yeah um anyway that's just the story i've given you david nurse because of your sweater uh derek and carissa would like to promote the overthrow of heteronormativity in support of melody the hamster my aunt Jeannie would like to promote christopher's haven uh, Maggie Capablo, who would like to promote their dogs, Leia, Minnie, and Loki. And Martin Giselle, who would like to promote his podcast, Everyone's Special and No One Is. Question mark, bestie, is this still what you want? You know, Martin, I am messaged you, but I did not check to see if you respond. Do you still want to promote that? I don't... You can. I, feel I like just... It's been a while, someone... you know? It... Martin said yes. Martin did answer you, and Martin said yes. Oh, okay. Thanks for answering. I didn't fucking check. Um... <laughs> Um, our other $10 patrons are Arkness, R.E.K., Benjamin Ibarra, Changeling, and Alex, the ace cat, David J., Maddie, Potato, Rosie Costello, 
Potato and Rosie Costello are two separate things. I said them weirdly. Barefoot Backpacker and The Steve. Our $15 patrons are Andrew Hillam, who would like to promote the Invisible Spectrum podcast. Click for Caroline, who would like to promote Ace of Hearts and um, her recent Instagram post because she just looks very good. Um, Hector Murillo, who would like to promote friends that are supportive, constructive, and help you grow as a better person. Layla, who would like to promote Love is Love, also applying to Arrow People. Nathaniel White, who would like to promote NathanielJWhiteDesigns.com. Kayla's Aunt Nina, who would like to promote at KateMaggart.art. And Sarah Jones, who is at Eternal Lolly Everywhere. Our $20 patrons are Sabrina Hawk. Merry Christmas from your parents. And new and improved bumped up dragonfly what's dragonfly gonna promote this week dave Chappelle not being at the hollywood bowl (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) tune in next sunday for more of us in your ears and until then take good care of your cows